0: Welcome to Had To Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to the Had To Be There podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and this is episode 66. So today's episode is a little bit of a milestone uh, after 65 wonderful audio-only conversations. This is my first foray into video podcasting. So today's guest, Don Gleason, uh, who had a successful nearly three decade career in the military was brave enough to be my guinea pig in this first video episode. Uh, it's only fitting that we're dropping this episode on Memorial Day, uh, where we remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice we are going to be traveling with Don to one of our country's most beautiful national parks. But before we get into that conversation, we have a couple of things to chat about. Okay, 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 okay. So much news from the world. So hey, put your sound up. You know why I think it's time for a weekly. That's right. Welcome back to the Weekly Roundup. I have two things that I want to make sure that you're aware of. If you are traveling to the Orlando area, listen up. Disney has released a four-park magic ticket where you can visit each of the four Walt Disney World theme parks for just $99 per person per day. This is a great deal. Run, don't walk. Call your favorite Academy travel affiliate today and take advantage of that deal. You can also couple that with uh, a room only discount and save some money on your room and make a little package for yourself, save that money and take the trip. If you're visiting Universal Orlando, they have an incredible ticket deal happening right now. When you buy a two-day, two-park ticket for Universal Orlando, they're going to give you three additional days for free. I mean, I enough said, guys. So you're definitely going to want to check out these deals at the Universal Orlando and Walt Disney World theme parks. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm happy to put together a complimentary quote for you. I'll be back next and every week with more travel news and promos right here on the Weekly Roundup. Don Gleason, welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today.
2: Well, I so appreciate the opportunity to be with you, Kelly, and uh, look forward to chatting with you as well. I love a conversation. I love can <laughs> go back and forth and we talk experiences and topics, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Before we jump in, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little about you? Okay.
2: Well, I was uh, I'm that guy who decided in fifth grade what he wanted to do in life. The first Earth Day in 1970, April of 1970, I had, my dad used to take me fishing. And, uh, what was exciting, well, what wasn't exciting, I love the fishing piece and I love the camaraderie with my dad and my brothers, but I would see on rivers and streams the, the yellow foam and you could smell the putrid odors and you could see the dead fish. And so I think that Earth Day really resonated with me of I got to do something to clean America's waters. I was good at math and science as I, progressed so i got a bachelor's in civil and environmental engineering unfortunately in 1982 when i graduated college the height of the re- of the recession in reagan's first term there wasn't a lot of jobs so i joined the air force i hadn't planned on it but it turned out to be a fantastic blessing i blossomed i grew i just got neat opportunities i got to do things that i'd only dreamed about and then i advanced into leadership positions and uh Leadership is about helping people achieve things that they would not have done otherwise, and uh, whether it's an individual or a team. And I just grew into that. I got out of the service in ninety in two thousand nine after twenty seven years. I joined for four and I stayed for twenty seven. How's that?
1: (laughs) That's amazing.
2: Yeah, we We thank you
1: for your service.
2: (laughs) You're welcome. People of the United States are worth it. It was a it was a, a joy and a pleasure. To be a part, you know, today is Armed Forces Day. We're recording on Armed
1: Forces. Oh, day. So happy Armed Forces day. day to you! <laughs>
2: yeah, so appreciate it. So then I, uh I went nine years with Booz Allen Hamilton and just continued to grow and lead teams and do different things, but it led me to starting my own company, uh, achieve new heights, leadership training and coaching, and then I actually started a nonprofit three years ago with a. a partner of mine. And we helped military in their transition, which I think we'll talk more at the end. But uh, just helping and serving our military as they transition out of the service. Because, uh, you know, 22 veterans are committing suicide a day, military and veterans. And uh, the number one wow. ideation for suicide is career transition. So uh, wow. my, my one of my values is service. And that just is a service back to my community.
1: Wow, you're doing amazing work. That's incredible. I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, I should, I should tell say, me,
2: mar- married 41 years with three kids and four grandkids. <laughs> they're they're a lot of fun. It's, we we center a lot of stuff around going to see them and playing with them, helping them grow. It's it's a lot oh, of fun.
1: Oh, I love it. Now, where are you from originally?
2: As uh my shirt um, you may not see it on the podcast, but I got a Wisconsin polo on. So I grew up in Wisconsin and went to the University of Wisconsin. And then left there in 1982 when I joined the service. We thought maybe about going back, but the next job was in San Antonio in 2009, and we've stayed there since. So I'm a a Midwesterner planted in Texas. It's too hot (laughs) down here.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I bet. I just got back from Florida, and as much as I love it, I'm not about that life. I just... (laughs) Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. So, growing up, did you get to travel much? Did you have the opportunity to uh, explore any other places outside of Wisconsin?
2: I did. My uh, my parents would take us back to Michigan. So, my dad and mom grew up in Michigan. I was actually born in Michigan, but I didn't grow up there. Um, so, we'd go back and we'd see the the relatives, my my mother's, you know, brothers and and my cousins on that side, and and uh, we went to Pennsylvania. Uh, they took us to Florida. They took us to Arizona where my dad's um, sister was. So we got Ooh. to see, I probably had almost half of the states before I graduated high school. Oh, wow. So we, uh, we had quite an experience. <clears throat> I did not get to the whole Northwest uh, area, uh, which we'll talk more about, but, uh, uh, but I got to the, the South, Southwest, the Southeast, and a little bit in the Northeast. Not, there's so many states up in the Northeast where you are in Connecticut is, it's tough to catch. Them. Right.
1: Right. Cause they're all so small. So they're all like yeah. clustered together.
2: <laughs> I remember though, every time well, my dad, my dad tried to take us camping a couple of times. And every time we went camping, it rained. I mean, rain. Oh no. <laughs> we had one time where my, uh, we were in Wausau, Wisconsin and the tent flooded. They, they had an inner cabin. My mm-hmm. mom and dad had an inner cabin and the three boys were in the outer cabin. And by the time we woke ro- we woke up the, uh, we were all floating on our air mattresses.
1: And oh no. Had,
2: no! had no idea because they were inside the little cabin. And, uh, oh my god! How funny! As long as we didn't step off the air mattresses, we were dry. But it was right, a, right. <laughs> and so the next time, that's they, a riot. They, they borrowed a camper, a, a camper on the back of a pickup. And we went up to Castle Rock in Wisconsin on the on the river, Wisconsin River. And it rained and it rained. Oh my god. <laughs> and my mom's just like, you know, what is this? It's like a jinx. But uh, Right,
1: exactly. She,
2: yeah, she's surprised that I love camping as much as I do just because of those experiences.
1: Right. <laughs> you just work your way through it. I think it's it's
2: helped me develop a an, an attitude of just working through things. You know, enjoy it when you Yeah, have
1: it. for sure.
2: Don't worry when it doesn't.
1: Can you remember, was there ever a time that you can pinpoint as like, that's when I was bitten by the travel bug and that's when I knew I wanted to experience other places and see what else is out there?
2: That's a great question. Um, The travel (laughs) bug, you know, um, I enjoyed the travel when I was a kid, but I don't know that I had the travel bug. It was, we were just kind of, you know, going along with our folks. I think sometime Sorry. when I was dating now my wife we were we were just dating when I was in college and we went up to northern wisconsin we rode a motorcycle again it rained every time we moved it was beautiful in between my god how it was funny, funny. <laughs> but uh, uh we we her and I sat and we talked about future we talked about we would love to go to germany someday so I think that's probably about mm. the time the travel bug hit me cuz um I would see different magazines my dad had uh, national geographic you've probably heard it's a wonderful life with peter bailey you know, he's a, he was a member of the National Geographic Society and he'd pull it out. I want to go travel the world and do this and that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I hadn't seen that movie yet, but I think that's about the time that I started thinking about what's all around this world. We had studied world history. Yeah. And, uh, my, my parents told me that I was half Dutch and half Irish. So I wanted to get back to the homeland and see, right, right. And experience them. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Amazing. Time. Yeah.
1: Have you gotten to do that?
2: Oh yes. So I'm I telling you, um, I've, I've I've toured 46. I've touched 46 of the 50 states. I'm going to get the wow. 47th next weekend when I get to Maine. Um, mm-hmm. our, our goal is to uh, to see all of them. Alaska might be a little bit tough, but we're going to try it. My daughter just renovated a a camper van, so she's got the travel bug. She just spent five weeks. Traveling from Lincoln, Nebraska, down to Arizona, all the way up the California coast, uh, through wow. all the way up to Washington to, to Seattle. Came back around through Utah and Colorado. On a, uh, she just oh, what a it cool was her, trip in advance! So it was quite a trip, and she's she's planning on going to Alaska next year. So I think uh, we're going to follow somehow, not not in the same trip, but we're going to follow her right
1: that
2: <laughs> way. So uh,
1: amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Oh, How many say, places outside of the country have you seen? Country-wise, I want to say I'm at 26
2: countries. Wow. You know, most of Europe. That's pretty seven, impressive. Yeah. Seven years with the U.S. Air Force. Uh, I got two assignments mm-hmm. into Germany. So we've hit from the United Kingdom to Spain, throughout Western Europe, down to Italy, yeah. Austria. The, uh, I got special tour assignments with the, with the you know, deployments down to Iraq and I hit Bahrain and UAE and Qatar got into Afghanistan and Kyrgyzstan, uh, got down to Cuba. Wow. Um, so I, I've been to Hawaii, but I have not been farther West into the Pacific. So I got that whole. Right. Going.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> put them on the list. <laughs>
2: That's right. yeah, so you'll be in 64 this year. We kind of start thinking about what you want your life to look like. You know, we got 15, hopefully 15 to 20 years left. I'm hoping. And, uh,
1: At least. Yeah, my mom didn't (laughs) die until she was
2: uh, 89. My dad died when he was 76. But he was a smoker and a drinker, so hopefully I got taking care of myself better. So we'll see what happens. But uh,
1: Amazing.
2: I I got a lot of things we want to see yet.
1: Yeah. So for today, for your uh, Had Mm -hmm. to Be There experience, we're staying stateside. Okay. Tell us where you're taking us. Well, it was Yellowstone National Park
2: we uh we went Excellent. there we had been there when my kids were really young we were there with my in-laws and that was really exciting but we went back when they were teenagers and we had some neat experiences cuz we were just kind of being funny and crazy and uh you know it's, it's such a beautiful area <clears throat> the first time we went um was the week that the uh, big fire started in 1988 so was a lot wow. of area we didn't get to see and we didn't get down to the Grand Tetons like we wanted to. And no, I didn't start the fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it, it was starting just before we got there through lightning and they taught us a lot about it during the different shows wow. and talking about fire and how it grows and that they, they weren't putting it out now for reasons that they needed. That's how the forest rejuvenates. So, so there was a lot of areas in 1995 that we hadn't seen yet. So we, uh, we took the kids. They're all teenagers. And I remember one time, one thing that was kind of funny was uh, we're, we're driving along this road. And if you've if ever been to Yellowstone, people would stop and they would look up and you'd see an elk or a bear or you'd see something up on, on the mountain. You'd see something to stop and look at. So people would stop and then other people would stop and they'd all get out there and they'd be pointing. And pretty soon there's 20, 30, 40, 50 cars all parked along the side. So we're driving down this road and there's nobody parked on there. We're looking up and there's nothing there. And I said, wouldn't it be funny if we stopped and pointed and see how many people react and stop and and, and follow our lead? And my two boys said, let's do it, Dad. That would be so much fun. (laughs) So we stopped and we got out and we pointed. So we we picked a point. We said, we're going to point up at that point up there. So we all pointed and we Mm -hmm. stood there. And then we were talking and talking and we were pointing and stuff like that. And people took out their binoculars and we were looking. And pretty soon a car stopped. And another car. Started. Oh my god. And I had about 10 cars. And we said, okay, time to go. <laughs> and we, we drove away for five minutes. And we came back down the other side of the road. And there was now about 40 cars. And we stopped and we looked and we was like, What what are you guys seeing up there? And they said, Um, well, we haven't seen anything yet, but that car over there said this another car was here that already left, and they saw something on top of the hill. So we're trying to see what it oh my is. God. I said, Really? So we went around and we talked to different people and everybody was standing there looking, but nobody was seeing anything. But they were following and the cars just kept stopping and looking. <laughs> and uh, so we, we kind of used it as experience that night around the campfire just to talk about how people follow each other and react.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> follow the leaders. I love that
1: they didn't even like make up what they yeah. might have been looking for. They were just like That's something right. might or, or might not be up there and we're going right. to stay here till we see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very it's, funny. So it's what was it about Yellowstone that you were like, uh, this is a place that we want to see and experience with our teenage kids. And how did you convince your teenagers that this was a good idea for a vacation?
2: Yeah. So, as, as I said in the beginning, I was fifth grade, you know, clean up America's water. So I love nature. Right. My wife was taught to be a bird watcher by her grandmother. And then her mother oh, very her cool. mother got bitten by the bug. So uh she was a bird watcher, but kind of just an amateur, do it occasionally. We've we've since in nineteen entire in two thousand nine we got serious. And uh we now plan our vacations around bird watching. So I think my wife has oh, since so since neat. that time we have seen five hundred and eighty-six different birds. We've had, wow. we've had one year where we saw more birds than there were days of the year. That's our old competition is you have to see more birds on that day than, than there's days, right? So on day 30, wow. you have to at least, at least seen 30 birds and 30, yeah. in 31, you have to have seen at least 31. So you have to keep going through the year. And, uh, that year, my wife and daughter went to Kenya. So she got a whole, wow. I think it was 2000. Just before COVID, so it was 2019. And mm-hmm. they spent a week over that way. So she got another 150 birds that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. So we're going to hope to go back. That'll be a future podcast we can talk about Kenya. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yellowstone being one of those great national parks and such a diversity of wildlife with the elk and the bear and the uh, and the birds. And everything in the geysers, of course, the trees. It just was a place that we thought we'd we'd want to see. We were living in Montana, and we had gone down to um, New Mexico. We used to live in New Mexico before that, and we were part of a youth group. So we went down there for a summer camp for a week. And unfortunately, uh, we got burned out, meaning there was a forest fire that started about 15 miles away from the camp on day one. But that right. night, it came right through the campground. So they evacuated us out about 5 a.m., we we missed the camp. Uh, I mean, we missed the fire. We had gotten out. We got everything, our, our stuff out. The yeah. People who went back that evening saw the fire had gone right through the camp. Didn't didn't burn down the cabins and stuff, but there certainly was damage. So we had a We had time. We had ex, this extra time. We said, let's go back to Yellowstone and really explore. And we did. Oh, that's very there's, cool. Here's another neat story on that same trip. So it was, it was the very next yeah. day. We uh, we're kind of on the north side of the of the park, and there's this. It was pretty flat. The other one was fairly hilly. This was pretty flat and a lot of water. And we came upon a group of about 50, 50 cars. And they were with a couple of park rangers. And they were looking across the water, kind of into the woods. And there was a grizzly bear tearing apart a deer that he had caught. Oh, wow. They, so we, we walked over to the ranger and he you know, says, What? So what are you seeing? And they, they showed us. and you know, So we started talking to the ranger. We weren't demanding. You know, we weren't trying to get a better position. We were just, we're inquisitive right just trying mm-hmm. to kind of build a relationship with the park ranger and he explained this to us he says the, the the bear is kind of this one bear is kind of a show-off he goes and he kills a deer and he brings it over here and he eats it in front of the crowd because every day a crowd oh my God. Out <laughs> and watch him so he's really a show-off bear And uh, that's, yeah, we stood and we talked and and other people had come around and were demanding and this and that. And, you know, the the, the ranger was nice to him, but he wasn't giving them anything. So he finally looked at us and he goes, do you guys want a better view? So, yeah, if we can, he says, go down this way, back this road, you'll see a side path. and Down the path is another ranger and you'll be about halfway distance. You're still safe. There's still water between you and there's a ranger there, but you'll get a much better view. And we kind of looked and said, what about everybody else? He goes, no, you guys are just being nice. You know, I want to give you a better view. Oh, I appreciate doing that. Yeah, it pays to be nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so we went down there and we got to see it. And I tell you, our kids, our kids still talk about seeing the grizzly tearing apart the deer and how nice the ranger was. And, and I thought that was yeah. a then campfire. Another great lesson about, like you said, yeah. it's just nice people will help you out zig ziglar says you know if you help enough other people get what they want they'll help you get what you want and i thought that was oh for sure yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: the had to be there podcast is brought to you by vacations by kelly where your host becomes your travel agent as a proud affiliate of academy travel kelly specializes in disney destinations and can help with all non-disney excursions worldwide as well When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge-level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started.
1: You had one other uh, wildlife experience on this trip with a Duck, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, good memory. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the first night, it was before these other two, we're driving along the river, and and uh, we see this duck, and this duck is paddling in the river. And we stopped, and we were kind of looking, trying to identify the duck, and the duck is paddling upstream, and then he'd stop, and he'd kind of float down. The river was moving fast enough, we thought there must be like a waterfall down mm. at the end. And he would turn, and he would paddle back up. He never flew up. To get up, he'll always paddle back up and, right. and he, you know, he's, 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 you could just see the feet just moving and moving and moving. And we're all laughing. And I think we called him, uh, Henry the Duck. Hey, go, Henry, go. And we're all cheering. Come on, Henry, go, man, <laughs> go. And we're talking. And all of a sudden he turned and he kind of just floated down. And all of a sudden he disappeared. It was like he went yes. over the edge.
1: We're like, no, no. No, No, not Henry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden he must have gone over the edge and and took to flight because then he came back up and around and he landed. And uh, we all became fans of Henry the Duck.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's so cute. So you really got to experience a lot of all that the nature has to offer out there. Why do you think that Yellowstone National Mm -hmm. Park should be on Everybody's bucket list.
2: Uh, it's neat to see America in the wild. Mm. And a gain, a gain an appreciation of it. Um, we we get lost in the cities with all the houses, the buildings, the roads. We forget mm-hmm. what was here before. You know, and then we see like in Wisconsin, probably in Connecticut, you have deer that come into the cities right, and they they might even oh, yeah. get into a backyard and break into a big picture window and get inside the house and and we think, <laughs> what is going on right we we think that they're invading our space, but in reality, we invaded their space right this was this was part of their area, this was their transition zone, right this is how they hunted mm-hmm. we moved in and we we put houses and here and roads and we've, we've disturbed them and they're just trying to live the way that they were born to live
1: so i think right going absolutely
2: into, yeah going into nature and seeing how they actually live and move um transition i think it's important for the kids to get a different perspective on life you know my my son and i we went hunting while we were in montana and, uh, and i was used to the white-tailed deer in wisconsin and the white-tailed deer they would come up. In the ravine, and if they got disturbed, they would they would just continue to move through the ravine. So even if you were up on a hill, they would go down on the ravine and run through the ravine. We're in Montana and uh, we, we disturbed the deer and they act totally opposite. Instead of running down into the ravines, they run up over the over the ridge. So here we were, my son and I trying to walk through a ravine, thinking we're chasing them down the ravine to the person standing with the gun. But they're just going outside. They're going out the, out the ravine, up and over the ridge. Wow. We, we turned around and we came in over the ridge. We were very quiet. We crept in. We must have made just a noise because these guys got great hearing. That's how they survive, right? Mm. But as we're just coming over the edge where we can see in the ravine, there's two deer heading out the other side. And we stood up and I took a shot and uh, got him just as he went across the doe, just as he got across the fence. He's literally jumping across wow. the fence when I hit him. It went on for like 200 and some yards, and I had to go get him and call him back. But but it again, my son and I, we stopped and talked about the difference, how different animals react in certain situations. Mm-hmm. You can't think that all deer do it one way, because the white tail do it one way, that the, the mule deer in Montana do it a whole different way, and uh, and yes. probably a third way. So you have to learn each animal and what their tendencies are. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that when we're bird watching. You know, some, some hop around like crazy. Some stop and they sing and they fly and they sing. So everyone has a little bit different, which helps you in your identification. Sometimes you, the sun yeah. is behind them and stuff and you can't really see them. You're really good with the binoculars. But by the shape and by how they're moving, you can zero it down fairly quickly too. I think that's like a blue gray gnat catcher or that's a, Pushed it, or that's a cardinal, you know. And then and now we're learning yeah. through the the, the uh, I can't think of the name of the app. The Cornell. Let me just look real quick. There's a, an app that has this, the the calls of the birds. Oh, Mine, cool! Merlin Bird App, and uh, it has the birds, and it'll play this noise. But if you just turn on the sound, it'll record it, and it will identify them for you. So if you can't see the bird. It wow. will help you identify what you're looking for. Uh,
1: Technology is crazy right now. <laughs> yeah. <Cool>. That's amazing. <laughs> I think there's just so many lessons
2: so, to be learned in, in nature. That's why you should go to Yellowstone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Don, let me ask you about uh, some of your favorites from maybe some of your other travels, if mm-hmm. I can. Do you have one particular place that continues to call you back one that you would visit over and over if you could germany Mm. notice i didn't
2: hesitate germany we spent yeah four four years in bitburg germany which is just uh, inside of luxembourg we spent three years at uh, kaiserslautern which is about 100 kilometers southeast of there so it's still on the western side of germany where the air force had had bases and uh so many we could go on forever the stories of interacting with the people and how they enjoy life. We we take life to be so serious. And so do, 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 do. We always got to be busy. And the Germans, they stop and they enjoy life. You know, everything is closed on Sundays. Wow. The stores open. I mean, the, even the grocery stores close at noon or two o'clock on Saturday. There's only one Saturday a month where they're open till five or six so oh, wow you, yeah so you have to plan in advance for your meals and so you can't just run down sunday morning because <clears throat> there's nothing open. yeah but all the shops wow. are closed you know the only thing that's open really is churches but the people get out and they mm. they wander the fields because there's usually small villages they wander the fields and they talk to people and you get to know them they'll stop and you know they'll have a beer with you i, re- I remember one night we went over to my landlord to pay the pay the rent and he goes it was, I moment, right? Give me a minute. He says, kind of meet you at the picnic table. So, said, okay. So we walked back over to our place, which is right across the street. And uh, he comes over with a case of beer. And my other, my, he called my other neighbors down. We had four of us in that that house, that building. And we sat there for the next two hours talking to my German landlord. He had uh, okay English. We had terrible sure.
1: German. We, sure. we,
2: got, we, we talked. <laughs> And, uh, we sat and drank beer and just talked and got to know each other. When we moved back to the, to Kaiserslautern, same thing. We wandered down. We hadn't set up an automatic pay yet. So we went down to the, the our landlord's house in that village of, near Kaiserslautern it was Machenbach. Same, same idea. We, uh, we just came down to pay and he says, Hey, we just went over to France. We got some wine and some cheese. Come on in. Meet some of the neighbors. Oh. So we sat like two and a half hours down there. To pay the rent, wow. two and a half hours yeah. to, get to know people, but that's the culture there. Is stop, yeah. enjoy life, get to know each other. You know, in America, it was like, you know, oh, it took me more than five minutes. I had more stuff to do.
1: Yeah, you just yeah. got to
2: stop and smell the roses exactly. and enjoy
1: life. I know we're always on the move over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Which uh, place uh, did you have the best meal? Oh wow. You know,
2: schnitzel and stuff in Germany is always great, and so is the the Euros. But last year, it was February of twenty twenty-two, my daughter calls me up and says, She has this app on her phone called FairDrop, and it gives you cheap fares to wherever you want to travel. Sure. And she says, I can get a flight to Estonia for four hundred dollars out of Houston the first week of April. Well, you and mom wanna go. I was like so we thought about it. Oh, COVID, Russia had just, you know, invaded Ukraine. People in Ukraine were evacuating to all these countries. You know, is this mm-hmm. safe? We looked at Estonia. It's like right next to Russia. You know, you're like 40, 50 miles away. Ah. Yeah. And all of a sudden we said, yeah, we're going to do it. Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And we, so with my daughter, she's 32, and my wife and I, we went over and it was only about for five, six days, but. The first night, we went to this little restaurant, and we had duck. I think it was just a unique mm-hmm. experience of this small village in the historical area. The Again, the uh, the restaurant owners were so nice to us. They, they knew we were Americans, and we we came in very nicely, and we talked to them. And, and I got to know them and ask questions, and they gave us recommendations. And the meal was just, we had some, uh, I think we had some goat cheese to start. And it was all their recommendations. We had some duck that we shared. It was really grilled, very nice. Wow. And uh, I'm trying to think of the third piece. Uh, I think it was a steak. And uh, all Ooh. of them were just so good. I think it was partly just due to the, the camaraderie, the people. Yeah. The atmosphere. We've had so many good meals. <clears throat> we were outside of Prague in Czech. And we ran into a gentleman who used to be a chef at the Czech uh, embassies. He gave us oh. a meal to die for. That probably should have been my number one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, I don't remember what the meal was, but it was just a three-course meal. It was fantastic. And then he came out and brought a beer out. And we sat and talked about him and his experiences and me and my experiences for about another hour yeah. in front of the fire. So, again, you know, Europeans just slow down and enjoy. Yeah. The, the meal is a process. It's not just get in and eat and get out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, Oh, I love that! Mm-hmm. Now, tell me, as you are avid bird watchers, where did you see the most exotic or exciting bird?
2: Oh, wow! I think the uh, we were in Ireland again. I told you, half Dutch, half Irish. I wanted to get to Ireland sometime, so my wife and I did a Groupon for a week. It was. Six nights and four castles, one being the Guinness Castle, which is a five star hotel. <laughs> and we,
1: Ooh, fancy!
2: Yeah, as we were. Uh, it's kind of nice, you know, when you walk into the room and there's your name on the TV and, and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't. Uh, well, we could have afforded to be in the dining room, but it was more than we wanted to pay. So we went. Sure. We went down to their golf course and paid like what was a normal price in the USA, and we had a fantastic meal and a great beer. But uh, as we were wandering the grounds. We came upon this European finch and the, the, the colors of the finch. It's almost like a painted bunting. And you see so many different colors yeah. on the painted bunting. This was a European finch with white and red and black. And, and uh, I just, I looked at that and I was like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <And> we, had, <laughs> we had a European book and we were looking through it and saying, like, that's what it is. So,
1: wow. So, so I think that just because it was Very so different. Very cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is there anything still at the top of your travel bucket list that you haven't been able to cross off yet?
2: Um, there's many, many, many. Um, I think the next big one, <laughs> as I said, my wife wants to take me back to Kenya. <clears throat> I just was talking um, to a gentleman through Facebook in Rwanda. And he's inviting. Wow. He's a student, college student, starting a nonprofit. Um for environmental stability, sustainability. And it's partly actions and it's partly education of youth. And uh, so he's inviting me, he's actually inviting me to be on his board and come see them. And he wants to show me what they're doing. So we'll, we'll see wow. how that works out. Maybe we can combine Kenya and Rwanda. But I think Africa is probably a place that I haven't explored. New Zealand is a place I want to go. Mm, um, those I are good ones. <laughs> I've never been down that way. I've never been to Southeast Asia, You know, Indonesia. Yeah, but right now I'll probably so say much to explore. One.
1: I know yeah, number one is
2: Africa, <laughs> and that that was the key to being at this point in life. Right, have enough savings, have enough income coming in, have enough health, and now for the next fifteen to twenty years, we can get out and enjoy what God created. And that yeah, would, absolutely. And, yeah, but but not not fully retired because I want to still give back. So I can do coaching yeah. calls via Zoom or teleconference. I can do the webinars. I, when I'm back in San Antonio, I can do training with in companies. But uh, yeah. I get to determine my my schedule and how I'm going to have impact. Because my my wife loves to she loves to sew and to knit, and she's she's actually got a knit group where they they used to uh, crochet bandages for lepers, and they would send them around the world, and that that ended wow. with horrible. So what they did now is they do knitting of hats and scarves for little kids, in the, uh, the uh, children's hospital.
1: Oh my God, that's so mm-hmm. sweet!
2: Yeah. So she's got a group of about uh, it's about sixty some people, but about fifteen get together the first Saturday of every month, and they they talk and they just socialize and they crochet and knit.
1: Oh my God, that's amazing!
2: My wife takes it down, gives it to the nurses. So. My
1: God, you guys are doing so much just good in the world. That's that's incredible. It's kind of why we were here, right?
2: That's why God put yeah. us here, he gifted us here, and skilled us here.
1: Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned um, being able to do your coaching work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little about this. How did you get into this field? What made you want to help people with their uh, career transitions? Yeah.
2: Um, I think. By being in the military 27 years and um, Mm -hmm. working with so many fantastic people and helping them through obstacles in their life and helping them be better than they thought they could be. I just realized I wanted to be a mentor and I wanted to be a coach, but I I wasn't trained in being a coach. I just did what I thought I needed to do. So uh, as I was about halfway through my tour with Booz Allen Hamilton, I saw a Facebook post and it was to join the John Maxwell team. So I said, Hey, I'm interested, put my information in. And two days later, the program coordinator calls me up and says, Hey, um, you got a few minutes to talk. And I said, well, I'm on a walk, but yeah, I'm all by myself walking through the neighborhood. I'm like walking for an hour. So you have me for an hour. So let's talk. And he talked to me about what the John Maxwell team does and how they train people to be speakers, trainers, coaches. And, uh, I ended up joining about a month later. That was in 2014. I got certified in August of 15. And uh, so I wow. started my own business in 17 and uh, being able to have that training behind me of really how to coach, how to think through the agenda for the day, how to really listen, how to ask mm-hmm. the right questions. You know, you can't ask why questions. You ask what and how questions. Have you ever learned that? Mm-hmm. If, if I was to no, ask that's interesting. you, if I was to ask you, Kelly, why did you do that? You feel a little bit defensive. Mm-hmm right? I yeah. have to justify why I did it. Right, But if yeah. I use the question, Kelly, what was behind you taking that action? Mm. It takes away the judgment. And now right. you, just, you think into the situation. What, you know, what was behind me doing that? And you're, you're more right. open to express it. So if we use the right type of questions, we can get at the right answer and get people to think inside themselves versus responding with ego and pride and uh, yeah. I, I happen to be listening to so we have weekly mentorship from five different mentors and I was happening to listen to our coach mentor on Wednesday this week and she was talking about the three different types of listening well that afternoon I had four coaching clients and that call came valuable in almost every one of those because we got into some really wow. interesting areas and, and I was able to, to listen pay attention not think about me but think about them and ask the right question and it was (laughs) it it really seemed to pay off we 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 hit it we hit the right topic we got to where they wanted to go because that's what coaching is right taking somebody from where they're at to where they want to be there's always things that are holding us back pride ego Mm -hmm. fear fear of success fear of failure imposter syndrome and if you don't identify what that is it holds you back from getting to where you want to go So I'm using those skills because I was 27 years military. I'm using those skills to help military in their career transition. I had a great Mm -hmm. transition, but I really planned it out. I worked for almost 24 years because I thought I was going to constantly get out. I never did, never did, never did. I stayed for 27. (laughs) But when I did, I got the right job. I got the right right leadership. I got the right company. Mm -hmm. So now I'm about helping people because... There's a Syracuse University Institute for Veterans and Military Families. They did a survey in 2015, and they found that 45% of military leave their first post-military job within 12 months. So half leave their job in 12 months. And there's a lot of reasons, but I think it's because they really haven't thought into what they want to do. They don't know what kind of leader they want to work for. They don't know what kind of company they want to work for. And this Mm -hmm. is the first time in their life they get this choice and they rush into it thinking, Oh, I'll just, I'll just get, it's just about a paycheck. And then they realize that, you know, I'm not happy here. So they, uh, they they leave and they go find another one. And I know some people who've changed five jobs, five years in a row.
1: That's a lot of work. (laughs) It really is.
2: (laughs) I want to help people reduce the frustration, reduce the changeover, help them find the right place. My my moniker is, or my mantra, help them find the job that energizes them and the life that fulfills them because they should work together. Mm -hmm. I should be so excited in my job that I love it. I can't wait to do it. The excitement that you have in your podcast, right? You can't wait to get here. You love the interaction with people. You love to post it. That's the kind of energy you want to have in your job. Not, oh, here's another podcast. (laughs) Wish it was canceled. Right? (laughs) <laughs> so if you have a job that energizes you, then you go home energized, and you can't wait to share with your family what you did and inter- engage with them and, and listen to them and play games with them, and 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 not just go home and sit and watch TV and be worn out and fall asleep on the couch and get up at nine o'clock to right. go to bed. That's not the right. way. You live. So right. a job that energizes you and a life that fulfills you.
1: Wow. I love it. This is, it's so important what you're doing. People need, I think, uh, this kind of guidance. If, uh, if people want to find you and learn more about you and how they can work with you, where can we connect?
2: Yeah. So I just left my nonprofit. So everything had been kind of geared that way, but now I'm moving back to my company achieve new heights. So the best place right now, until I get some, uh, ebooks and stuff written is my LinkedIn profile. It's Don, middle initial L, and then Gleason, G L E A S O N. the only one with the middle initial L. And uh, you'll see right up top is somebody helping another person up the hill. And that's me helping military in their transition up the hill. Amazing. So,
1: so I well, will be sure to include...
2: Send me a note and say, Hey, you heard me on this podcast. You no. Know, and yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk to you some more. Talk to you about, hey, exploration, talk to you about leadership, or talk about career transition. I love career transition piece right now. That's my focus.
1: Amazing. I'll include links in the episode show notes so people can easily find you. Okay. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me today. This was so fun.
2: Yeah, I I, I enjoyed it as well. I appreciate you doing this. It's so much fun to think about the fun things in life, right? And where we head.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> So thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it.
1: You're very welcome. And I hope that you'll come back and chat with me about some of your future experiences as well.
2: I look forward to it.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening. And if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there, reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at HadToBeThere203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.HadToBeThere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own HadToBeThere memories.